Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Jonah chapter one, uh, I'm gonna read starting in verse one. It says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. All right, bless the Lord. See you later. Have a great, no, just kidding. Uh, Preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And here's Jonah, verse three, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we just come before you and we ask that you would help each one of us to grow close to you in these 21 days. And God, I ask, Lord, that uh, uniquely that this would be a time that marks our church. God, in the middle of 2020, even what Skylar said a moment ago, where it's tempting to just kind of look at this as uh, a season to endure, I ask that this would be a season of intimacy with God. I pray that this would be a season where we hear your voice. I ask that this would be a season where we repent. I ask that this would be a season, Lord God, where we are transformed in your presence, that we might be who you've called us to be in our world. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All of Radiant Church said, amen. I don't know how many of you have been parents of toddlers, but we had four different toddlers at one point. And what I realized about my two uh, girls when they were toddlers is that they never ran away. They seemed to be well-mannered and kind and sweet. But it was my boys uh, that it seemed quite often, whether we were at a park or in public, when they were little, they just loved to run. And so they would run away. And so Renata and I have memories of sitting in the park where we thought we were going to have a nice picnic lunch with our toddler, Dawson, and he had little curls and he would just take off running and there was no stopping. I said to Renata, he surely will turn around at some point, see us and come back and not so. He just kept running and running and getting smaller smaller and smaller. And at some point, the father goes, maybe I should chase him down. Maybe I should get up off the picnic blanket and go chase down. My boy, actually, Justice was uh, far worse. And um, I have a memory of being just outside of a restaurant in Colorado Springs where we're talking to friends, waiting to get a table, and no one can find Justice. One of my older children at four years old uh, says, where is Justice? And I cannot see him. I look up, and finally, off in the distance, I see my toddler running down the busy street as fast as he can alongside traffic. And you know what goes on in the heart of a father in a moment like that? Dear God, I'm running after that boy. Oh my goodness, I am chasing him down. And I would say that it's actually my kindness that wants to chase him down and shake him and say, don't you ever do that again. It's actually my kindness, not my rage. And if you see rage, if you see anger, uh, at the core conviction, it's, it might be a little shaking, it might be a little discipline, but be the, the, the deeper motive of the Father's heart is, I don't want anything to hurt you, you're my boy. I don't want anybody to mess you up. And in this story of Jonah, 
You have God's man, a prophet, a minor prophet. Minor, not, it's not education or college. It's not because he's short or not intelligent. Minor prophet was meant a shorter prophet, shorter book uh, in terms of how long it is. And here's Jonah. And God tells Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And, and, and Jonah's response is to turn and distance himself, is to run. And I think all of us, when we look at our own lives, it's our tendency to run from God. It's our tendency. We can read Jonah and we tend to think, well, that's Jonah's story. I mean, Jonah's just full on, God says, go to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. That's not me, but hold on just a moment. Isn't it our tendency to slowly grow distant from God? Isn't it our tendency to slowly go our own way? That's what Isaiah says. He says in Isaiah 53, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned to our own way. And it is so easy for you and me to think, hey, I'm walking close with God. I'm doing good things. But when we pull back and take just a moment and look where we're really at, we've punched our ticket to Tarshish. We're actually more distant than we realize. We actually aren't intimate enough with God where we can verbalize the last time that we heard God tell us something to do. We actually start to walk in a behavior pattern instead of a relationship. We actually know what it is to talk much of God without being close to God. And it's easy to not be obedient to God when you haven't heard God. And I want us to take 21 days and just say, we're not willing to live at a distance I don't want to go my way. My tendency is to always go my way, but I want to get close. And that's my dream for you. My dream for you is that you're able to verbalize your mission, your Nineveh. Who are the Ninevites that God has called you to reach? Who are the ones? You've been blessed to be a blessing. You're in relationship with God, not for self, but for the sake of others. And I just want to invite you to think What does it look like for me to be close to God, close enough to hear his voice so that I can verbalize my Nineveh, what obedience looks for me in this season? And this season looks different than than other seasons. So what is God saying to you now? Well, I was doing this one thing back in the 90s. Well, ministry for me looked different back in 1998 than it does in 2020. It looks different for all of us and what God's called you to, your purpose. That's the way we say it around here. We want to discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. So this would be Jonah discovering from God, being close to God, getting on track, living close to God. He's called a prophet. So he's listen to God and speak what God is saying so that he can go reach the Ninevites. And so I think for us, we tend to look at Jonah and just go, well, let's see. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because it was hard, and that's true. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, and this would have been a hard assignment. This would have been the most violent people of the day. This also would have been enemies of Israel, and certainly this would be a far more difficult assignment than if God had said, go to Tarshish. But God didn't say, go to Tarshish. God said, go to Nineveh. And most of the time when we think of the story, we think Jonah didn't want to go do the hard assignment that God had for him, but there's more than that. In Jonah 4, we read Jonah's prayer. There's only four chapters in Jonah. And in Jonah 4, we get what's in Jonah's heart. Meaning it's in our prayers that we often pour out what's really going on. And if you find your prayer life being really just shallow and you're not really honest with God, I wanna invite you to take it a little bit deeper and know that prayer is the best place to pour out your heart to God. And Jonah does so in Jonah 4. 
And I I want you to listen because he gives the reason why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. This is astounding to me. Verse two, he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Here's Jonah, his enemies, people that hurt Israel, people that are violent, people that he has disdain for. He says, I didn't want to go preach to them because I know you're a God of compassion. I know you're a God of love. I know you're a God that might show compassion to my enemies. And you, you double tap into his motive. You go deeper into his heart and his motive. And yeah, there's definitely a storyline of I didn't want to go because it's hard. But there's a storyline that Jonah gives where he says, you've shown me compassion. I don't want them to get the compassion you've shown me. <sighs> you know what our tendency is? to allow a little weed of bitterness, anger, people that are different than us, people that have hurt us, people that look at life differently than we do, and for us to tolerate it because they're different than us, and who knows, but we too might end up distant from God and even disobedient to his call because we've allowed ourselves to become bitter towards others. We've allowed ourselves to maintain enemies. But when you read Yahweh, we just sang about, when you read about God, he's the God that shows love and compassion and blesses Israel to be a blessing. And our call is to personify his heart to all people. And so we don't become a people that say, I ain't going there. No, we're the people that get close to God and say, your heart is my heart. And so though this is challenging and though this is against my flesh and though they hurt me and we look at Jesus as our example, who ultimately was on the cross forgiving his enemies. Actually, Paul says in Romans that when Jesus looked at us, we were still, Romans 5, when we were still his enemies, Jesus died for us. Jesus is the example of going to enemies. I'm telling you, our call is not to say, I'm going to pull back, justify why I'm not going to be obedient to my calling because I'm actually bitter. I think one of the best things that you can do is get alone with God and say, God, where have I become distant? What's my tendency to go my way? And everybody's way. When I say my way or Jonah went his own way, it, it looks different for everybody. You know, when you read Jonah It's an intriguing way that Jonah talks because it says that Jonah went down to Joppa and then it says Jonah went down to the bottom of the boat and then Jonah lays down and then Jonah goes down in the sea. And the picture is so clear. The no to God in his life went steadily down, down, down. And when you picture Jonah laying down in the boat, going the opposite way, because Tarshish would have been the opposite way of Nineveh. So go this way from God. And he says, I'm going to go this way instead. And it's all of our tendency to go to Tarshish. It's all of our tendency to go our own way. But I have found in pastoring people, it looks different for different people. Some people, it just looks like straight up rebellion. Like, nope, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to go my way. This is what God's called me to do. I'm going to do my thing. Some people, it looks like just ignoring God completely. And we can put on kind of a church face and, a, and put on some religious jargon, but we haven't 
been close to God in years. And we just don't do anything God says. We just do what we want to do. It's ultimately ignoring God. Some people, it's just comfort. It's just too hard to live in America and not make comfort your idol. Because it's just the idol of the day. And so we just get used to it being our idol too. And so your ticket to Tarshish might look different than somebody else's, but all of it at its core, that's all sin. That's all me first, my way rather than God's way. And here's Jonah. And Jonah, this is the crazy part, is that in this story, the God who loves the people of Nineveh and the God who loves Jonah chases him down. Just like a father in a park or a father at a restaurant, he goes and he's after Jonah. And when you read this, the way he chases him down, you find three things I think that look like you could mistake as, could this really be God? This is too painful. I mean, imagine Jonah 1.4, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. Let me just read that again. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break apart. Verse 17, now the Lord provided a huge fish, thank you, Lord, to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then 2.10, after he's been in the fish and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I just want to encourage you, as you look at this, you tend to think, man, if you're Jonah, these are not like enjoyable moments where you're singing good, good father and thinking, you've blessed me with all these good, good things. When you're looking at that nasty fish, or maybe you're not because it's so dark. When you're smelling stomach acid, I don't know what it's like. When you're suddenly, yeah, I got an uh. That's a, some mornings you get amen. Today you get uh, right? When you're looking and there's suddenly a storm coming in, it's hard to look at those moments when God allows such calamity and go, you're a good, good father. No, you're like, man, come on, give me the prodigal son story, put a ring on my finger and a robe on my back and give me some food, baby. That's, what I, that's the message I like. But Romans 2, 4 says that it's his kindness that leads to repentance. And you've got a prophet running from God and in his kindness, He's chasing Jonah down. He's chasing him down. Hey, you're going the wrong way. Hey, I'm gonna have a fish swallow you so you can get some solitude and pray for a moment. Hey, I'm gonna have that fish vomit you up towards Nineveh. I don't know if it's really in the direction exactly how it looks. Most of us have thoughts like, you know, kids' books and veggie tales, and you picture like vegetables beating each other with fish in Nineveh. At least I do, confession. But all three of those things are circumstantially difficult. Storm, scared for my life. Swallowed by a big old fish. Dear God, this is not enjoyable. Vomited up towards my enemies, the Assyrians, the violent ones who hate us. Ugh. I'm gonna go preach with whale vomit. All three don't feel like enjoyable. But I just want you to see the God that's chasing him down. The God that loves. The God, and I want you to just be able to look at you, take that and look at your own life. 
and just recognize that God is at work in moments that might not feel comfortable. God can take whatever you're going through and there may be even things that God is allowing in your life and he's chasing you down because he loves you. Hebrews 12 actually says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. So maybe that challenging circumstance that if you'll go on your knees and repent to God for could actually be your highest moment. Maybe it could be a gift. Maybe the difficult circumstance could be a gift where you could get close to God. And if he disciplines those he loves, know you're his. He's taking care of you. Oh, but I want him to just give me a feast. I like that story better. I want, it, I want the circumstance to feel good. Maybe the difficult circumstance is your opportunity to suddenly just get on your face in the belly of a whale. Or we don't know if it's a whale, but it's a big fish. And say, God, here I am. I'm coming to you. Maybe that he's, that you're, he's your father. If the Lord disciplines those he loves, maybe even take encouragement that you belong to him, right? And you're receiving that discipline. I don't discipline other people's children. Uh, my sister's right here on the second row. I, I, don't, I don't discipline my nieces and nephews. That's their job and their problem, right? But my kids, my problem, right? My challenge, my opportunity. And I just want to invite you to think about that. Think about like, okay, I do have a good father. And it might not always look like comfortable circumstance when I sing that song. It might always not look like everything gets better around me. It might not always be that my circumstance gets better, but maybe in the storm and in the belly and in the preaching to my enemies in Nineveh, God's going, I got you. And it's safer with God in the belly of the fish than on the boat where death was probable. God, I want to be with you no matter the circumstance. God's chasing him down. And then not only does God chase him down, but God hears his prayer. And Jonah is the example that we have of kind of turning to God as a last resort. I mean, even in Jonah 1.5, you've got the moment where the sailors pray before Jonah to their gods. So pagan sailors are crying out to their gods and resistant prophet Jonah is delaying. Something in his heart, cold something in his heart not turning. He's sleeping in the boat. He's way at the bottom. And so all of us have this tendency to go our way. And when we go our way, prayer is the last thing we're gonna do because it's ultimately, I'm living for me and my own strength. And I'm gonna accomplish my goals on my own, my own way. But prayer is ultimately the statement of surrender. It's, I need God's strength. I need you. And it's in the darkest moment, literally, in the belly of the fish that we finally get Jonah's prayer. And Jonah says, uh, in verse, chapter two, verse one, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. And he says this, verse two, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. I just want you to hear that because it's possible that today there's people watching online or engaged right here in the room and you feel like you are in the belly of the fish. Like this is such a hard time. And maybe the belly of the fish is God's way of showing you mercy, not God's way of hurting you. 
though it's painful to be in the belly of a fish where it's dark and smells bad. But maybe it's that moment at the bottom where you've gone down, 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 where Jonah finally turns to God. And maybe today or in these 21 days, it's where you finally turn to God. And he says, from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. As he heard Jonah's prayer, he'll hear yours. As he heard Jonah saying, okay, finally, I'll turn. He'll say, I'm listening to you. And one of the parts of this prayer, Jonah 2 is rich. But in Jonah 2, 9, Jonah finally says, I'll obey. And that's where I'd like you to get in these 21 days. What What I'd like for you to get is to just be in the prayer of solitude in the fish. We're going 21 days. I'm not talking a literal fish, just so you know. But that where you go, I, I'm going to be with God long enough to get my yes. I'll obey. I'll go where you've called me. I'll do what you've called me to do. That's why at Radiant Church is kind of a different kind of church. I know that all of us are used to churches where we just kind of go to something on Sunday morning. And we got this church where we're like, hey, we want to encourage you to lead, to make disciples, to serve, to lead prayer meetings to sub your kids, to be alone with God each day. You're like, man, this church is intense. I believe this is your first step, but God's got more steps for you. And every Sunday, my dream is just to help you to just keep taking steps so that you can get closer and closer and closer to God. Because my tendency as yours is to go my own way and go down, down, down. And so we're just turning that and going, we're going to get close to God. And when you get close to God, he gives you those steps. Actually, just during uh, worship a moment ago, I literally just sensed like the Holy Spirit just kind of gave me this idea for our church that will probably take place in the future, but it's just listening. It's not a brainstorm. It's not a blog that I read about a preacher in Indiana. It's just listening. And as you listen, as you get close in 21 days, or, or you can still get close to God on the 22nd day, just for the record. I hope that you do. My goal is that we start these disciplines that we continue in. But it's, it's my, my dream is that you get that yes. Here's Jonah's yes. He says, verse nine, but I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. What I have said I will do, I'll make good on my promises. I'll do what I said. And so he gets that obedience that I'll do it, God. I'll obey. But he doesn't get the yes until a storm hits. He's overboard in a fish in a really hard circumstance. And I don't know all of God's ways. There's a lot of mysterious ways about God. I know, I know that God has a will and an agenda. I know that I read Ephesians 6 and Paul tells us that we're in a spiritual battle and the enemy's got an agenda. I know that there's natural law and that there's just the way that God created the world and it's just straight up true. If I eat a whole lot, it's different than if I don't and that gravity's real. I just know that it's just, it's just real. I know, I, I know there's free will, God's will, the enemy's agenda. I know there's a lot of variables. But I just look at this and I just go, there's a God who in the midst of hard circumstance, anything that's challenging can take what you think could be 
impossible circumstance. And he can go, I'm chasing you down. I'm after you. You're my son. You're my daughter that I love. You're my prophet Jonah. And I've got an agenda for your life. I've got, and ultimately, it's not even just God's love for Jonah. And that's kind of like the way that we often think. Because for me, I live in a culture where I have commercials that are telling me that I'm the center of my world. And so it's, we just have this tendency to just transplant that onto Christianity. But every time that you read God, he's always blessing people for the sake of other people. He's always wanting people to be disciples in order to make disciples. He's always wanting you to be blessed for the sake of another. And that's what takes place with Jonah right here. It's actually God has great abounding love and compassion for the Ninevites. And he's going, I want to show love to Jonah, but I want it because I want you to say it to them. I'm going to use you, Jonah. And God, finally Jonah gets on his face and in the fish starts to pray. And I just think 21 days is some of y'all's fish. It's just your moment. Like, finally, all right, I'm going to take these 21. My life is a disaster, and I'm always mad at God about the disaster. But maybe it's in the midst of your hardest moment, you'll get the closest to God. And you'll go, actually, my own strength is not going to work out for me. I need God's strength. Actually, God, I need you to help save my life in the middle of this storm. Deliver me from this fish. I'll serve anywhere, even in Nineveh. You know, like, I'll do, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll go where you've called me to go. Amen. And so finally, the beautiful part here is, of course, that God restores Jonah, and he gives him the second chance. He's the God of the second chance. He's the God of the do-over. He's, he's the God of, come on, help me out. What's that golf word? I golf every, I've never golfed before. What's that word? Um, it's a mulligan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're like, even the way I did that, they're like, that's putt-putt. Anyway, <laughs> I've done, I've done top golf. Anyway, um, but, but, here, but he, he gives you that he gives Jonah that. Look at this. Here's Jonah. And in Jonah 1, verse 2, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. That was the original command. Now we've gone through the journey. We've gone through the storm. We've been in the fish. And now God comes back to the same guy that said, no, I'm going to Tarshish, baby. I'm going to do it my way. And God shows up to the same guy in Jonah 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Here's your second chance. So it's easy for church people to sit in rows and they've been going to church for a long time and they say, I'm too far to accomplish the purpose God has in my life. I'm too messed up. I've said no for, for too long. I'm, I'm too comfortable. I've ignored God too long or I've turned my back in rebellion too many times. But I wanna tell you, he's the God of second chances and third chances, and 10. And his mercy is new every morning, every day. And he's the merciful God that he's on mission, that, his, that, that there would be a great multitude that no one could count from every tongue, tribe, and nation. And he's given you the opportunity, and he has a love that abounds. His mercy, and this good news called grace, mercy, the love of God, it's for you today. And I don't care how many times you've said yes to yourself, to your comfort, to ignoring God, 
or rebelling against God, even now, God can use you to reach the people he's called you to reach. He can, he can take you in the midst of the darkest season that you're in and transform you. He's the God of second chances. He's the God of mercy. He's the God of grace. He's the God of kindness. And Jonah, Jonah knows it. That's what I love about Jonah. Jonah, he's just honest and real. And I love that prayer. In, 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 not because I like the content. I had to, the content's painful, but you can understand it. When you've been abused, when you've been hurt, and the violent Assyrians have hurt the people you love, man, tendency to just put whatever religious language you want to, but those are my enemies and I do not want good on them. Jonah, just like us. And God says, nope, my ways are higher than your ways. I'm coming after you. I care about you. I care about them. And Jonah, I'm going to take you on a little journey, my brother. And Jonah finally surrenders in the fish. And then Jonah finally goes. And my hope and prayer is that you would know he'll give you a fresh chance to go to your Nineveh, to do what he's called you to do, to be obedient to God. One of my favorite stories is John Newton who wrote the song Amazing Grace. And I just love the song so much that it's easy to just love the story because the story so fits the song. Because the man, John Newton, who was the author of Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch, a messed up, broken person like me, was John Newton. He, he was in the slave trade. And in a storm, finally, surrendered and said, God, let me live and I'll serve you. And in the state of desperation and brokenness, and God took a wretch like him and he couldn't quit singing about it and writing songs. And he entered into a whole new life. And so today, my guess is that all of us would go, there's some storms around me. I don't know that I'm walking in the destiny. I love the way that song that David just sang a minute ago about how God changes destinies. Destiny maker. Some of us today, you're just doing your thing. You're going your way. You punch your ticket to Tarshish and you are headed in your direction. And today's the day to turn and go, I'm not going my way. I'm going God's way. I'll go where you lead me. I'm yours. Would you take a moment and just bow your head? Would you just give a 30-second prayer response to God? One thing that the Lord's putting on your heart right now. Just what the Holy Spirit is put inside of you. One response. Would you just say yes? Maybe you're in the room or you're online today and you are just fundamentally going your own way and you've never said yes to following Jesus. But today you want to give Jesus your yes. You say, I surrender. I wanna step across the line of faith and give my life to God. I wanna invite you just to pray this prayer with me. Father, today, in the name of Jesus, I give you my life. Save me, 
do a fresh work inside of me. Give me new life in Christ Jesus. I give everything to you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I want to just encourage you just to email us. With, just get out your phone or if you're online and just email us. Just tell us, I made a decision to follow Jesus in an email. Yes at radiantchurchkc.com. Yes at radiantchurchkc.com so that we can help you go on your journey. We want to connect with you relationally. We, we, we want to help give you resources, whatever we can to help you on your journey.